Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. First Samuel chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 24 this morning. And uh, as I was watching that video, I saw a part of it earlier in the week. But, uh, you know, all glory goes to God. That's what we're here for. We're here to worship the Lord. Amen. But when you see, <laughs> when you see young people like that in a world where most young people aren't like that, we deserve to give God praise for what he's done in their life, don't we? So uh, congratulations to our college graduates. Actually, most of them graduated like at Christmas, right around Christmas. Uh, Kyle and, uh, and uh, Andrew were the ones that did recently. And uh, so we're a little late in recognizing them. Usually we do it closer to graduation times. We had VBS kickoff, and I didn't want to merge that into that day. We had Father's Day last week. And, and typically, um, I have the youth minister here uh, plan and preach the graduation Sunday service. But in this instance, I told Daniel that I wanted to do it. And here's why. Um, these graduates are, they're very special to me. Because um, the five we recognized this morning, I mean, they were among my first friends here at Dublin First Baptist when I came as, as youth pastor. And uh, I genuinely love these young people. I, I know you do too. I mean, they're loved by our whole church family here. And because of our love for them, we want what's best for them, right? <laughs> um, we pray for that. Much more than that even, we, we've invested ourselves in their lives. We commit to continue to do so with this intent. We want each of them to know and to follow the good and right way. Um, that phrase is found at the end of verse 23 in 1 Samuel 12. We're going to focus on verse 24, but let's start by reading the end of verse 23 and then verse 24. Samuel says, but I will teach you the good and the right way. And so here it is. You'll see that in the King James here, there's a colon there. Here's the good and right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all of your heart, for consider how great things he has done for you. Let's pray. God, as we come uh, to this verse, there's a lot packed in this little tiny verse, and I'm thankful for that. And, uh, I mean, really, we have uh, direction uh, for how to get on the good and right way in life, and and what it means to live in the good and right way. And uh, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal the truth here that you have for us in, in these verses. And, and God, um, that, that you would, your Holy Spirit would use it this morning um, to call us to, to live like this. Um, for your glory, for our good, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. At the beginning of verse 24, God has Samuel instruct God's people uh, about the principle of the good and right way. It says, only fear the Lord. That's just four words, but even in that little phrase there, there's a lot to unpack in that short phrase. Uh, the good and perfect way, it begins with this principle right here, the fear of the Lord. What does God's word mean when it speaks of fearing the Lord? I like the description that the Puritan Baptist 
uh, preacher and theologian from, you know, about three, four hundred years ago, John Gill, he gave in his commentary on this passage, the fear of the Lord is a reverential affection for God. I know some of you here have Ryrie study Bibles. Uh, the Baptist theologian Charles Ryrie described the fear of the Lord as a joyful, reverential submission to God's will for our life. And both of those are great descriptions of what God is trying to communicate to us whenever we find this phrase, the, the fear of the Lord, whenever we find it in Scripture. So now let's put it, now that we know what that is, let's put it in the context of this passage right here. God is telling his people, he's telling you and I uh, this morning through the prophet Samuel, the leader Samuel here, that the good and the right way, the way of living that, that does bring glory to God, and that is good for us, that gives us good from God's hand, it begins with you and I only fearing the Lord. Now, don't miss out on the truth that God gives us here by just skimming over that phrase quickly. Uh, this principle of the good and right way, I want you to notice this first word, only. Fear the Lord, only. You and I are going to be tempted in our lives to fear other things. Don't do that, Jesus follower. Only fear the Lord. As you make your way through life in this world, you're going to be tempted to have a reverential affection for other things. Don't do that, Christian. Only fear the Lord. I promise you will be tempted to look for joy outside of a relationship with the Lord. You're going to be tempted to not submit to God's will for your life, but to instead follow your own will. Don't do that. Only fear the Lord. There, there is clear exclusivity in this first principle. Uh, you and I, we can never know, we can never live in the good and right way if we don't get on this way right here by only fearing the Lord. Get on the path of the good and right way through this first principle. Why is this so essential? Well, what does God say about the fear of the Lord elsewhere in his word? In Job 28, 28, God says, behold the fear of the Lord. You're to look at it with a, with a gaze. Behold the fear of the Lord. It says that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. In Proverbs 1, 7, Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, right? The beginning of wisdom. Graduations are kind of funny things uh, in this regard. We're celebrating the completion of a lot of hard work. Uh, we're celebrating the completion of at least some level of an acquisition of knowledge in their lives. But uh, what, what are graduation services or ceremonies typically called? They're called commencements, right? And that's why I think it's funny, because commencement means a, a beginning, a beginning. And graduates, all of us here, I mean, we never forget that, first of all, we don't ever stop learning. Don't stop learning in life. Um, that never is to happen. But secondly, that the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge and understanding is in this first principle for the good and right way. It's in the fear of the Lord. Only fear the Lord. Amen? That's what we do. Only fear the Lord. Now, we've connected this principle of only fearing the Lord to the good and right way at the end of verse 23, but now let's keep it in context by connecting it to the rest of verse 24, and that's the practice of the good and right way. Uh, when this initial principle, when you and I only fear the Lord, when that is our stalwart uh, perspective, that's how we're going to run our lives, that's what we think about each morning, I'm going to fear God and how I live, uh, when it is our commitment for how we're going to live life, uh, for how we're going to respond to all the different challenges that might come at us throughout the day, uh, our practice quite naturally is going to be the next phrase here, serve the Lord in truth with all of your heart. 
Uh, that's the practice of the good and right way Christian, serving the Lord in truth with all of our heart. And again, there's a treasure trove of information in that short phrase right there. Uh, no wonder verse 24 here, it's a favorite of so many Christians. And, and just like the first phrase, there is definite exclusivity here in the practice of the good and right way too. Those who only fear the Lord, they're going to serve the Lord. They're going to serve the Lord. They'll serve him in truth. They're going to serve him with all of their heart. Jesus said the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other. He's going to despise one and be loyal to the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And God commands us in this phrase describing the practice of the good and right way what he wants Jesus' followers, their, their practice to be, how they live life. Um, don't let mammon receive your service. What is mammon? I mean, we don't use that word a whole lot, right? What is mammon? I mean, to put it simply, it's stuff. And I'm going to speak to the graduates. We got one here already um, this morning, but I speak to all of us. Um, this is a practice I've exhorted all of us about many times before. Don't serve stuff. <laughs> Don't do that, Christian. Uh, stuff, stuff is supposed to serve you. You're supposed to use it to serve the Lord. If God blesses you with stuff, it's because he wants you to steward it. He wants you to manage it, to serve him. And, and I know our, our young people, our teens, uh, definitely these graduates, have heard this before because when I used to teach them in that little tiny room down the hall uh, in the gym, in the youth room, I tell them over and over, God has no problem with you having stuff. He just most certainly has a problem with stuff having you. There's a big difference there. I, I like a quote I came across uh, just a while back. I don't know who said it. It was on social media. But it says, if you, if you can't find joy in a cup of coffee, you're never going to find it in a yacht. If you can't find joy in Jesus, if you think it's found anywhere else or in anyone else, you're never going to find it, period, as it's found in Christ. The practice of those on the good and right way, the practice of those who follow Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life is to serve the Lord, to serve him in truth, and to serve him with all of their heart, with all of it. In God's great design, he has this purpose for your life right here. He wants you to practice it, whether that's at a nurse, as a nurse, uh, as a physical therapist, uh, in nuclear medicine, in an IT department, law, wherever God has you, this is for you. This is what he wants you to do. This is his purpose in your life. Serve the Lord in truth with all, all of your heart. And that's not just for our graduates. That's for all of us here this morning at Dublin First Baptist. Samuel is not giving God's people some kind of new commandment here. This has always been God's description of anyone who has decided to follow him. Jesus repeated the great commandment. Um, we found that in, in uh, Deuteronomy 6.4. This is when God tells his people this. They're to love the Lord with all their heart and their soul and their strength. Jesus repeated that. The great commandment it's called in the Gospels. You know, the, the last few years have been rough. I think about um, what these young people have been through. I mean, we, we never had weird graduations like they had to have because of COVID or, or any of the other things. Um, 
And not just on them, all of us really, we've, in the last few years, we've come through some tougher times. Uh, but one, one beautiful result of all that that I have witnessed is there has definitely been this pairing, this pairing away of competing passions. That's a good thing. I've seen Christians who recognize the kind of double-mindedness that is so prevalent in the church and even in our own lives. I've sent some people, young people, who are now realizing, man, we were made for so much more than this. We were meant for so much more. And I've seen young people who have gotten on the good and right way, um, who are fearing the Lord, who are serving him in truth with all of their hearts. There has definitely been um, this separation. I've called it a, a winnowing. That's what's happened in the last few years. Not, not to everybody, but I've seen it happen a lot. There has been um, this separation, a distinction between professing Christians who are just playing a game, they're just going through the motions, and, and those who, man, I want my faith to be real. I want, I want my following Jesus Christ to be real. I want it to be what it should be. I want it to be what God intends it to be. I want this to be like a testimony of my life right here. And it's 1 Samuel 12, 24. And these graduates, all of us, really, we're living in a world where, where there are incessant competitors for our heart. And I plead with them. I plead with all of us. Look, guard, guard your heart closely because it belongs solely to your Savior. Serve him in truth with all, with all of your heart. That is not easy uh, because of all the distractions and competitors for our heart. Uh, but it's possible, isn't it? If God commands it, he's going to empower it. Um, God's will doesn't ever lead us where his grace will not keep us. At the end of verse 24, uh, we find the propellant of the good and right way. The last phrase there. This is so important because we, we might wonder, like, how? Like, I want to do this. I would like verse 24 to be a description of my life. But how in a world where wickedness abounds, how in a world where the temptation to let the things of this world compete for what should only belong to the Lord, how can we possibly only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all of our heart? Where do we, where do we find the strength to do that? Well, what is the fuel for a faith lived out in real life? It's right here in this last phrase of verse 24. For consider what great things he has done for you. Now, we briefly did that in the video earlier, but I want all of us, like right now, take a moment. Take a moment right now. Consider the great things that God has done for you. Consider them. Pause for a few seconds and consider all the great things. We sang about it. Great is thy faithfulness. I hope those weren't just things rolling off of our tongue because we know that song well. Consider all the faithfulness that God has sent your way. What he's done for you. He says, consider all the great things he has done for you. Don't ever forget, Christian, that God is for you. For you, all the great things he's done in you and through you. In Hebrew, the word consider uh, the word that's translated consider is, is ra'al, and it means to see. <laughs> see, but it, it's a little deeper than that. It means to discern. It means to behold. So this is not a quick glance, like, okay, we took a few seconds on Sunday morning. No, this is, this is an intentional gaze. That's what's described here by God as this is the thing that's going to propel you to be able to only fear the Lord and to serve him in truth with all of your heart as you go through life. Over uh, the past three Years on Wednesday evenings here at church, we've been going through God's divine hymnal, the Psalms. In the vast 
majority of them, uh, the thing that helps us leave places of fear where we're feeling, fearing something other than the Lord, and um, the thing that helps us to rise uh, to faith is doing this right here, what he's told us to do at the end of verse 24. Consider what great things he has done for you. Uh, when fear arises, you and I as Jesus followers, we are to be intentionally meditating on, on who God is. Uh, what does he reveal himself to be in his word and in our life experience and what he has done? Look at what he's ha he has done. Consider that. Behold that. Intentionally gaze at what he's done for you, the great things he has done for you. And that is what is going to propel you to believe in what God promises to do. It's going to propel you to live like you believe it. What would your walk with the Lord be like? What would your testimony be like if, if you lived like you actually believe God knows what he's doing? Does God know what he's doing? Yeah. Consider what great things he has done for us. Now, there's a potentially dangerous misapplication of this propellant that I want to point out briefly. Because nowhere in God's word does the Lord tell us to consider what great things he has done for us as, as a motivation to only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all our heart in this regard, as a way to repay, as a way to repay God for the great things he has done for us. Don't, don't misunderstand that. And we've, we've even, there's some old imitation songs that kind of direct us that way, but we don't find that in God's word. That is not at all what God is communicating here. So don't see it that way. The, the plain truth is this. <laughs> you and I, we could live out, verse 24, all of us here. We could commit to do that, go out those doors, and we could, for the rest of our lives, live perfectly in only fearing the Lord and serving him in truth with all of our hearts, and we would never even come close to repaying God for what he's done for us, right? Never. Can't do it. So don't make it about that. In fact, um, well, God doesn't ask us to do that. God doesn't want us to do that. Really, attempting to do that is an insult to his grace. It's a way of negating his grace. It's a way of turning it into a business transaction. Well, you did this for me, God, so I'm going to try to pay you back. Can't happen. Won't ever happen. Don't even attempt it. That's not what God's saying here at the end of verse 24. Then why does he tell us to consider the great things he's done for us? Why does he give you and I intentionally meditating on his grace as a propellant to fear him and, and to serve him because God knows, God knows that there is nothing that's going to propel you to live faithfully in this good and right way. There's nothing that's going to propel, fuel your faith in his future grace to you like you considering his past and present grace in your life. That's why. That's why he commands you us to remember who he is and what he has done for us so that in faith you and I will continue to believe that he is for us and that his promises don't ever fail and that he's worthy of you and I only fearing him and serving him in truth with all of our hearts. So I speak to the graduates this morning but I speak to our church. Would you take this verse, this tiny little treasure trove of incredible truth for how we're to live life and would you mark it would you meditate on it? Would you be motivated by it to bring you to or to keep you on the good and right way? That's what he said here. I'm going to teach you about the good and right way. And then he unfolds it right there in verse 24. We need to. Because fear will come. Fear will come. 
Might happen later today, might happen tomorrow. The devil knows the power of fear to lead us away from the good and right way. But what are we told here? Only fear the Lord. And competitors will come. They will come today. They will come maybe even before you leave this uh, church building. Competitors for your heart will come and say, serve me and believe me and, and let me into your heart. But we were told here to serve the Lord in truth with, with all, with all of our heart. And when these things come, when temptation comes your way and it says, behold me, look at what I can offer you, make sure you do what the end of verse 24 says. Behold, consider what great things the Lord has done for you. You do that, you'll watch those temptations just shrivel up. I don't know anybody who can behold and consider the great things that God has done for them and then go, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yield to temptation here. Stay on the good and right way. Stay on there. Only fear the Lord. Serve him in truth with all your heart. Because he has done great things for us, hasn't he? And he will. And he will. Um, Tommy, come and lead us in a time to respond to God's word as we close the service.